Hey, I'm Tyler with the Sports Stop. You're here to listen to me talk about sports, right? Okay, let's talk. The NFL kicked off its early slated games, and right now we are just finishing up the, you know, mid-term games, I guess you could say, you know, the mid-day 4 o'clock games. And I wanted to do a breakdown of, you know, my three biggest takeaways from some of the 1 o'clock games and some of the, you know, 4 o'clock games. So I have three takeaways from that. And then I have two signings, um, you know, that players uh, signed if you did not see it. So let's jump into the signings first. We're just going to do a quick, you know, just pump it out. Um, So Darren Waller did sign a five or sorry, a three year, $51 million extension. So if you can't do the math on that, you know, that's like $17 million a year, which is about where he should be getting for a tight end. Um, I think that's pretty good money for him. Um, obviously, last year he had a down year, but that was due to injuries and so on and so forth. But great signing. Um, the Raiders kind of have a lot of their pieces locked up for the next, you know, few, you know, three, four years, which is great. So that's the Darren Waller signing. The other signing is uh, Quentin Nelson has re-signed with the Colts, re-upped on a four-year, $80 million deal. And if you don't know who Quentin Nelson is, he is the left guard for the Indianapolis Colts. All-pro, multi-time pro bowler, stud player, stud. Um, I did a breakdown of these two signings on uh, my blog, so if you want to check those out, I go more in depth on there about, you know, games played, where they ranked, and, you know, so forth. So on and so forth for that. Um, but that's 20 mil a year on average if you want another money for Quentin Nelson. So Darren Waller, 17 million a year, you know, per average. Quentin Nelson, 20 million a year per average. Both great players, both decided, you know, let's get this money. And they both widely deserved it. Now... Let's do a breakdown of my three biggest takeaways from the early slated games. Obviously, the you know late night Sunday night game hasn't happened, so that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that game has not happened yet, but you know I'm gonna do a breakdown on that on probably either Monday or Tuesday, um, probably Tuesday, so I can you know break down that game and the Denver versus Seattle game that happens on Monday night. Um, obviously it's really hard to break down, you know, a late night game like that, you know, when the games doesn't end till, you know, 12 o'clock midnight, um, then you got to pump out a podcast. It's just a lot to do. Um, so that's why I usually do it the next day. If you're just wondering, obviously if I lived on, you know, a Western time schedule, it'd be a cake walk, but I do not. So some of my three biggest takeaways we'll start with number one is so we're gonna start off with the actually we're gonna start off with the later you know midday game so kevin o'connell and the minnesota vikings played their first game as a head coach for the vikings so why is this so important well, they played a in-division game versus the Green Bay Packers. 
Um, and I had a couple little mini breakdowns for that. So let's go into the you know breakdowns for the Minnesota versus Packers game. So number one for the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell looked really, really well in his coaching ability, and I think he could be a really, really good coach. Now, I don't want to overreact just for the fact that this was one week and the Packers, I don't know what to think of them yet. Because if you go off week one, the Packers looked awful last year versus Saints in week one. So the Packers aren't exactly a team to be judged after one week. So I think Kevin O'Connell will be a at least good coach after this, you know, week of seeing him. But you kind of have to, you know, wait a couple weeks to really see. And maybe by the midseason, you'll see how good he exactly is as a coach. So my other takeaway for, you know, the Vikings is how good is Justin Jefferson going to be under this, you know, Sean McVay offense of scheme, you know? Um, obviously, that's kind of what everybody was saying in the media with Kevin O'Connell being signed as the new head coach for the Vikings is, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to be the next Cooper Cup because they're going to be running a Sean McVay's, you know, styled offense. And Justin Jefferson, if you didn't see it, he finished with nine receptions, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Justin Jefferson was wide open for half of those throws. He was wide open. Um, he obviously made some good plays. He was in motion quite a bit. Um, I saw a stat where he is in motion you know, 30% more of the time than he was last season with Mike Zimmer as the head coach. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge play because Cooper Cup was actually the number one ranked NFL wide receiver last year in motion. So that's going to be huge to see Justin Jefferson where he lands. I think he's going to be in top three, top five in motion. So that's going to be another thing you're going to want to look out for. Um, obviously, if you're going against him in fantasy, you probably hated it. Um, I think in a PPR league, he had like 39 points, which is insane. Um, so that is my takeaway for the Viking side of it. Green Bay, I don't want to overreact, but I think this team is not going to be as good. Um, I did predict them to still make the playoffs. Um, obviously, I did that in one of my last you know, a couple articles, and I want to say it was like a couple blogs ago or a couple, you know, podcasts, but I did still have Green Bay making the playoffs. I just had them as a, you know, 10 and 7 team, not 13 and 4. Um, I think they're going to be good still, but it's really concerning with, you know, Aaron Rodgers did not look comfortable in the pocket with all the injuries that the offensive line for the Packers had. Um, as well as the fact that the receivers are all new. Alan Lazard didn't play, who was essentially where was going to be their number one receiver, but Randall Cobb turned into their number one receiver. And Randall Cobb in 2022 as your number one receiver is going to get you next to nowhere. Um, you know, rookie Christian Watson, literally on the first play for the Packers, dropped a wide-open touchdown. Um which really swung the momentum in the Vikings, you know, area 
inside. And I think that's kind of what led, you know, the Packers to kind of, you know, fall short. Um, the final score for that game was 7-23. to Packers got absolutely demolished. Um, in the first half, they were down 17-0. to So obviously not a good look for the Packers coming out, but you can't base it off one year as the Packers looked awful last year. Um, my second biggest takeaway is the Bengals lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And why I think this is such a, you know, big deal is we've had, you know, multiple, multiple years and, you know, different teams be having the Super Bowl hangover. And I think the Bengals really, really did look like they had that. Um, Obviously, T. Higgins got a concussion, so he was ruled out of the game. Joe Burrow had, I want to say it was four interceptions and a pick six. Um, The Bengals just didn't look good. Evan Evan McPherson, who was the kicker, missed a couple kicks, a couple game-winning kicks. And I think think the Bengals, going from being an underdog last year, who, you know, wasn't favored, I think it was 15 out of the 17 weeks they were underdogs, to... It's swinging the opposite where they're, uh, I want to say they were, you know, favorites for 14 out of the 17 weeks this year. I think that's really going to bite them um, in the ass. Just for the fact that, you know, you kind of have a target on your back. It's like the Rams. Every team's got you on their schedule. Every team's got you circled on that calendar for the fact that we need to beat that team's, you know, behind. And I think the Bengals are having a little bit of a, you know, hangover for the Super Bowl. I think they'll clean it up next week. And I think they'll still be good. I still think they'll make the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. I think they got a little too much hype at the end of the year. And they're kind of, you know, soaking it up still. And I, I think they're not taking it seriously enough for you know, every team kind of having them as the bullseye on their back. Um, So that was my other takeaway, and especially because he lost to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lost TJ Watt potentially for the year, or at least most of the season. Um, I want to say it was for the year. Um, There's going to be an MRI tomorrow to see if it was that bad of an injury, but TJ Watt, you can see him, and you can see him reading his lips, that he said he think he tore his pec, which is a six month to one year, you know, recovery process. So it's most likely that's TJ Watts gonna be out for the year, which really sucks for Steelers fans. But I think if you wanted TJ Watt to be injured, or not wanted to be, but if you had to take a year off TJ Watts career, I think this is the year. Because T.J. Watt coming back next year, Kenny Pickett will be, you know, another year in the system. So I think it's kind of some bittersweet news for Steelers fans. And for Bengals fans, kind of bitter news. Um, So that was my other takeaway for, you know, that game. The Pittsburgh and Bengals game in overtime. My last 
takeaway, which is, you know, I had to talk about this. There was many good takeaways. Um, I just can't get to all of them. Um, Patriots versus Dolphins. So just like the Minnesota Packers, you know, topic, I want to break down both teams and, you know, kind of go in depth a little bit on both teams. So Mac Jones did get injured during the game. Um, it wasn't super serious, but he did have a little bit of a back injury. Um, but he's still questionable. We don't know what happened, but it's questionable. Um, the offense did look, you know, clunky for the first three and a half, four quarters. And I think that's what you're going to see for a lot of the year. Um, obviously, Miami's defense isn't as good as it was, you know, two, three years ago with Brian Flores um, when they were more of a defensive first, you know, team. But I think they're still decent. Um, Mac Jones gave up a strip sack, you know, touchdown, which was, you know, that really swung it in Miami's favor. And I think you really got to see, you know, kind of what the media was saying about the Patriots this year. And I, what I was saying is they have a very low ceiling and they have very small room and no room for a margin of error. They really don't. Um, now, I don't want to, you know, overreact too much because the Patriots have always you know, had time struggling. They've they've always had a hard time playing in Miami in September. I don't know what it is. Even with Brady and Gronk and all them, they just, they can't beat the Heat. Now, not the Miami Heat, but the, you know, Heat. Like the weather. It's awful in Miami. And even with the Patriots going down a couple days earlier, I think they went down like four days earlier. They still can't. They still can't, you know, compete with Miami. Um, so that was kind of my takeaways for the Patriots. I think they have a very low ceiling. I think they're going to be a nine and eight team, and that's just kind of my takeaway for the Patriots. Now for the Dolphins, I had two big takeaways. One is Tua looked very very good. Now, I think, like I said, it's going to be because of that Kyle Shanahan, you know, themed offense that two was going to look good. He's going to look like Jimmy Garoppolo. And you're going to see the same exact thing as you're seeing in San Francisco. That two is going to be, you know, he's going to have, you know, middle of the pack, you know, quarterback numbers. And the locker room and the organization is going to be torn. Do we pay him $35, 40000000 million a year? Or is it just because he's got all these weapons in this offensive line, in this running game, you know, and he's got all these pieces around him? I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, for the time being, Tua did look good. He played a good game. Um, he did have a nice touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle. Um, but other than that, Tua looked, you know, he looked good, but it was kind of as expected. Um, my other takeaway for Miami was Tyreek Hill is already looking somewhat frustrated. Now, Tyreek Hill made comments in the locker room after the game. Um, I don't want to reiterate them, but it said something about, 
you know, Mike McDaniel's, you know, genital area, how he needs a wheelbarrow to, you know, walk them around in. I think that was a little bit, you know, over the top from Tyreek Hill, but that's just who he is in Miami now. Um, I do think that Tyreek Hill is going to be and become very frustrated with Tua. Um, Today, he actually was wide open, and it could have been a touchdown pass if he was still playing with Mahomes. Tyreek Hill had no one, you know, within 5 to 10 yards of him and was very open on a deep route. And Tua just underthrew it by 5 or 10 yards. He underthrew it by like 5 yards. And I think Tyreek Hill is going to get very upset and frustrated. And you could see on the sidelines he was already getting frustrated. Um, Tua did miss him on a couple throws. And that's just what you're going to see with Tyreek throughout the whole year. While Mahomes is throwing five touchdown games against Arizona right now. Um, and they're beating Arizona by three touchdowns. So this is kind of my takeaway. Patriots are looking clunky. Mac Jones is already injured um, or somewhat injured. Dolphin side, two was looking good, but it was as expected because of the Kyle Shanahan-led offense, and Tyreek Hill is already becoming frustrated with Tua. So that's just kind of what it is. Um, I just want to do a quick breakdown of the earlier slate of games so I can get this out. And then on Tuesday morning, I'm going to have the Sunday night Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys game. And I'm going to do the Broncos and Seahawks game um, for that podcast on Tuesday morning. It should be up before 7.30. So go check it out. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, NFL season is finally back, and I'm loving it already. How could you not? The games were great today. And that is all. Um, I appreciate you listening, and peace out.